evening. Merry Christmas. We want to welcome you to Grace Bible Church. We know a lot of you are passing through during the holiday time, and we are so glad that you would spend some of your time with us, worshiping our Savior together. We celebrate at Christmas time. I want to give a little backstory. The reason that we celebrate Christmas is because we believe that there is something wrong with the world. Um, most of us that are honest would also agree that there are broken, broken things in this world. That our world is a world of pain and disease and sin and death. And so the Christmas story is that God didn't leave us just to suffer in this world of pain and death and difficulty, but he pursued us in love. The backstory of the Bible is that all human beings were created to reflect God's image, to show how great and how good and how loving God really is. But Adam and Eve chose to take the blessings of God apart from a relationship with God. And so ever since then, we've all been replaying that sin. We've all been replaying that rebellion. And so the world has continued to be a broken and difficult world, but the hope that we have is that God is sending Jesus for us. And so we celebrate at Christmas time that the Messiah of Israel, who is the Savior of the world, has been born. He's come. I want to pray for us, um, and then we're going to spend our time tonight uh, cycling back and forth between some scripture readings, some songs. Uh, we're going to light some candles. Uh, as we do that, I'm going to have a responsive reading where I read part of it, and you'll read in response to that. Um, hopefully, it'll be a good time for the kids. We've made it purposefully interactive. There'll be standing up and sitting down and standing up and sitting down. Uh, we'll have a story time in the middle of our night together, um, a short sermon, uh, and then we will end our night by lighting some candles and singing Silent Night together. So we look forward to a great time. Let me pray for us and ask God's blessings. God, we ask you to come and meet us here. We pray that you would help us to celebrate you and your goodness to us. We thank you that you loved us so much you sent us your son, and that is why we gather to celebrate. And so, Lord, we thank you for a, a short time in the midst of the busyness of the Christmas season to pause, to celebrate you, to remember your goodness to us in Jesus. We pray that you would meet with us here and that your Holy Spirit would help us to be encouraged and that we would find grace as we worship you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the backstory is that the world is a world filled with difficulty and pain. But there's a hope that the people of Israel had, that God would send a Savior. And so we start with hope, the concept that there is something to look forward to, something better than what we know right now. The story starts with the curse in Genesis 3. God says, I will put enmity between the serpent and the woman, between his offspring and her offspring. The son of woman shall crush the serpent's head and the serpent shall crush his heel. Isaiah promises us more about this son. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. And the throne of David and over his kingdom. 
The ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. I'll read the first portion, and then I'll have you respond with the underlined portion. The light of Christ calls us to hope in him. Jesus, you are our hope. Let's stand together and sing.
Stand together and sing.
season. Now we're going to enjoy a children's story together. And so if you believe your child can make it all the way up to the front and all the way back without your help, feel free to send them, maybe give them directions. Uh, Otherwise, you might want to come with them. But we're going to have the kids come forward now for story time. My wife's going to read us a little Christmas story. We'll sit up here on the stairs. And also, uh, parents, if you don't want your kids to have sugar or gluten or anything like that, you might want to come up also because we're going to pass out some cookies. Yay, I heard a yay. Yes. Story sounds a lot more exciting when there are cookies, right? So, kids, if you can get on this side, you'll be able to see the story better. If you come over here. They're still coming. All right, we got everybody? There's like 700 kids at the first service, so this is good. This is more manageable. Yeah, for real. I'm pretty excited. Okay. In the distance, Jack heard the lonely cry of a train whistle. He leaned into the icy wind and crossed the railroad tracks toward home. Home. His house hadn't felt much like a home since Jack's dad had hopped a freight train west to find work. And now, on Christmas Eve, word came that dad could not make it home for Christmas. As Jack stepped inside, the heavenly scent of sweetbread and licorice wafted through the kitchen. Cookies! But it couldn't be. Mom had put every penny Dad sent straight into that cookie jar all year. There hadn't been a single cookie in that jar for over a year. Are you really making cookies? Jack still couldn't believe it. His mother smiled weakly. Yes, they're for the needy at church. Jack tried to hide his disappointment. He'd been feeling pretty needy himself lately. Unpack those cookie boards, Jack, said his mother. Jack unwrapped the carved wooden shapes. There's a shepherd, a star, camel, king, man and woman kneeling, baby, and a cross. The last mold was an angel the size of Jack's hand. It's so big, Jack exclaimed. He can make a cookie like that last a whole week. (laughs) Jack's mother helped him roll the dough into a smooth oval. Why are we going to so much trouble to make Christmas cookies that people are just going to eat, Jack asked. His mom picked up the big angel mold and dusted it with flour. Maybe it's time you heard why people first started making Christmas cookies. Jack watched as his mother pressed the angel board into the dough. The story goes back hundreds of years, she began, back to the Middle Ages. In the old country where your father's people lived, times were hard. Jack rolled out another batch of dough and wondered if times in the Middle Ages were harder than they were right now, and if boys missed their fathers like he missed his. 
the villagers couldn't afford school, and so many of them couldn't read. As Christmas drew near, one family in the village longed to help their neighbors discover the true meaning of Christmas. I know. Let's carve some figures to tell the story of Christ's birth, the father, a woodcarver, suggested. But the villagers are hungry, his wife pointed out. We should bake for them. And so the family worked together. The woodcarver whittled, scooping out wood until it formed the shape of an angel. And then he finished all the rest of the figures. And then his wife mixed sweet dough to fill the molds. When the cookies were done, the children decorated them with berries and colored sugar. On Christmas Eve, the woodcarver's family carried all those cookies into the village, and soon a crowd gathered round. As his daughter held up the angel cookie, the woodcarver began. Long ago, an angel just like this one brought us the most wonderful news. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. They recounted the whole story of Jesus' life as they handed out cookies to the amazed listeners. And ever since that night, generations have passed down the art of making Christmas cookies and of telling the story of the true meaning of Christmas. At the Christmas Eve service that night, Jack thought of the woodcarver's family when the pastor read the same passage from Luke, the angel's announcement to the shepherds. As Jack stood to sing, hark the herald angels sing, his gaze fell on the stained glass window. All the figures were there, the star, the shepherds, Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus. And above them all was an angel. That window told the whole story, just like Christmas cookies. That night, Jack dreamed of giant Christmas cookies. When he woke up, his mother was waiting for him. Merry Christmas, Jack. She handed him that big angel cookie. For me? Jack hugged his mother. But before he could take a bite, there was a knock at the door. Jack froze. His mother raced past him to answer the door. It would be just like his dad to surprise him and show up on Christmas morning. But there was an old man standing in the doorway instead. Could you spare a stranger a bite to eat, he asked. Jack could tell that his mother was let down as he was, but she invited that man to come in from the cold. You're welcome to share our breakfast, she said. The stranger ate very fast without saying much, and when he'd finished every last crumb, he thanked them and he left. Jack watched the man walk off toward the tracks. Jack hoped, he prayed, that strangers had invited his dad to share their breakfast. Jack now wished that he had taken time to talk to that stranger, to at least wish a Merry Christmas. Hey, Jack, don't forget your cookie, Mom said. Jack ran his finger along the grooves of the angel's wing. That's it, he exclaimed. Jack tore out of the house and ran to catch up with the stranger. What's this? asked the stranger, taking the cookie that Jack offered him. It's yours, Jack exclaimed. And then there's a story that goes with it, too. Then right there, beside the railroad tracks, under a gray sky that promised snow, Jack began to tell the story. Long ago, an angel just like this one brought us the most wonderful news. 
Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That's the story. Do you guys like that? Yeah. Yeah? Yay! Awesome. (laughs) And we have um, a little star shape to remind you guys of the star that led the wise men to see Jesus. And um, if you guys will... I think we're gonna, I'm going to come over here, so why don't you come down the stairs? He'll let you have a cookie. Merry Christmas. So you can come get a cookie, and then you can go back to your parents. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. There you go. And if you're not sure about eating it, go ahead and go back to your parents and then ask them, hey, can I eat this? So you can head on back to your chair. There you go, baby. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I think we're going to start with one. Merry Christmas. A white one? There you go. Here, we'll trade. White one? Okay. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Do what? Merry Christmas. You're welcome. All right, why don't you head back to your parents? Okay, we'll, we'll change them out after the service. We'll switch them out later. Merry Christmas. I'm just going to hand whatever I grab, and I'm just going to hand it to you. It's going to be awesome. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You're welcome. Merry Christmas. 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 joy. Kids help us to think about joy. One of the blessings of having children is seeing things for the first time again, seeing things with new eyes as you see your children enjoy the blessings of this world. Uh, At Christmas time, we celebrate the joy of our human response to God's grace towards us. And so joy is that that celebration of the goodness of what God has done. We're going to sing or we're going to read more of the Christmas story and see the response of the first audience to the birth of Jesus. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. 
When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. The light of Christ fills us with the joy of his presence. Jesus, you are our joy. Something happened in the candles. Let's stand together and sing.
Jesus. The last theme that we celebrate at Christmas time is peace. Peace means the end of hostility. Uh, more significant than just the end of hostility is the idea that we are now reconciled to God by faith in Jesus. So where we were separated before because of our sin, since Jesus took his sin upon, upon himself and gives us his righteousness, the Father looks at us as his very own children. He adopts us into our family, so now we live at peace. So there's a relational peace with God and a global peace that we enjoy through Christ. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. The light of Christ frees us and allows us to share in his peace. Lord Jesus, you are our peace. Stand
Christians all over the world for the last 2,000 years have celebrated the birth of Jesus in different ways, um, different cultures, different times, different places. We celebrate his birth in different ways. But the point for us, just as the point is for anyone, is to celebrate Jesus, to celebrate Christ. As we said before, there's a backstory of a world that's broken, a world that's uh, lost in sin and pain. And Jesus, the Christ, is the answer to that problem. He's the answer to that backstory. So we believe when Jesus was born 2,000 years ago, it was God pursuing us in love, sending the Redeemer that we all needed. One of the things that has struck me this year, really more than any other year, I believe, is the great humility that God took on when he sent Jesus to be born as a baby. He sent Jesus to be born as a vulnerable child. It's amazing that God would become flesh. It's even more amazing that God would become a child, that he would become a poor child, 
in the Middle East, oppressed by Roman rule. And so I've been struck again and again at how amazing the story really is and how easy it is for us to forget the great humility of a God who would stoop in this way to save us. It's an amazing story, and my prayer for you is you would not miss how amazing the story really is. We've celebrated tonight that God loved us enough to give us this gift of his son, Jesus. So one of the ways that Christians often celebrate Christmas, especially here in America, is we give gifts. Some people complain that it doesn't make sense that we would give gifts to each other because the point is Jesus and it's his birthday. But I would say it does make sense that we would give gifts to each other because we're remembering and celebrating that the God of the universe gave us the ultimate gift. And if you grew up like I did, celebrating gift giving at Christmas time, you probably had various experiences some years getting that ultimate wonderful gift you'd just been dying for, you'd been asking for, you'd been wishing that you would get as a child. Some years you got that gift. Some years maybe times were tough and you didn't get that gift or you didn't get a gift at all. Some years you might have just gotten a really, really terrible gift that made you mad and angry and uh, but you, sh- you should never say that out loud, kids. You shouldn't talk about that. Um, there are all kinds of different gifts that we, we receive. One of the things that's fun at Christmas time is we often wrap our gifts, right? We, we make the gifts more interesting by using sparkly ribbon and flashy paper and wrapping these gifts. I had a really fun uncle growing up that often gave wonderful gifts. He also liked to play games with us as well. And one year he gave us a gift, or gave me a gift, and it was in a box about this big, right? So I was probably five or six, and the box was bigger than me. I was pretty excited about this huge, well-wrapped gift. I started tearing open the wrapping paper to break into the box, and when I opened up the box, I found another box inside, and that box was also wrapped. That was fine with me. I love tearing open wrapping paper. So I pulled that box out. I started tearing the wrapping paper off. I opened the box. And I found another box inside of that one. I started tearing off more wrapping paper, taking it apart, opening the box. I found another box inside that one. There were so many boxes and so much wrapping paper. I think there was like a stack of wrapping paper this size, this size next to me after I was all done. You know, at this point, you know, 40 years later, I don't even remember what the present was anymore. I just remembered the grin on his face and how happy he was seeing me tear away the wrapping paper. My point is, Sometimes the wrapping paper is more impressive than the gift. And you know what? What's funny is at Christmas time, we're celebrating exactly the opposite. We're celebrating the greatest gift that's ever been given. And that is God giving us the gift of Himself, restoring the relationship that we previously rejected. He's giving us this amazing gift, but the wrapping paper is not that impressive. The wrapping paper is a little boy like you and me. The wrapping paper is a vulnerable child. He took on flesh and he dwelt among us as a poor little Middle Eastern child under an oppressive Roman rule, becoming one of us in all of our limitations and all of our weakness, but giving us the ultimate gift of life. And so at Christmas time, we celebrate this incredible contrast that doesn't match the world that we often deal with, a world where we're attracted to the best wrapping. We're attracted to the shiny things. We're attracted to the things that look great and look interesting. But the gospel story is a story that doesn't 
at first blush look that attractive. And so my prayer for you is you would not miss out on the gift. What we call sin is falling short of God's glory. And so what sin often looks like is us settling for the shiny things in this world and missing out on the most important things. Settling for temporary pleasure and missing out on eternal joy and relationship with God himself. So my prayer for you is you would pause just enough in the busyness of this season to recognize the greatest gift that's ever been given is Jesus himself. God saying, I will take your sins upon myself on the cross. Jesus bore our sins as the perfect sacrifice. And Jesus lived the life we should have lived. And so by faith, we can have his righteousness. We can be in him, is the way it's said in the New Testament. Hidden in Christ, wrapped in him. And so at Christmas time, we have to remember not to miss the greatest gift because it's in the simplest wrapping paper. Paul takes this on himself in his method of ministry and how he lives his life. And so my prayer for you is that you would also take this in and you would live this out, that you wouldn't be obsessed with the wrapping and the exterior things of your life, but you would uh, worry more about the internal things. Paul talks about it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul's talking about how he does ministry in light of the fact that the greatest gift that's ever been given was Jesus himself in this humble wrapping paper of flesh. Paul says, we've renounced because of this, we've renounced disgraceful underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. Even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled only to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So Paul is saying the God of this world has blinded our eyes so that we're attracted to the shiny things and we miss the greatest gift. My prayer for you is you would see the true light of Christ himself. Paul goes on and says, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So even as we celebrate the giving of gifts and that Jesus is the ultimate gift, we also celebrate the lighting of candles and electric lights at Christmas time, recognizing that Jesus is the light of God in this world. In verse 7 of chapter 4, Paul says, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. What Paul is saying is that we have this gift of eternal life in Jesus, but it's wrapped in this broken old jar of clay in, in these weak vessels of our human lives. So just like Jesus coming to us is the ultimate gift, we now have the gift of eternal life in Jesus in ourselves, but our lives are still broken. Our lives are not perfect. We haven't yet escaped from this world of pain and brokenness. But God says that is so that the grace and the glory can be seen. Because you see, if, if the wrapping paper of our lives was awesome, people would miss that it was Jesus at work within us. So Paul says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show 
that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. It's not about us. It's not about the wrapping. It's about God at work through us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. We celebrate at Christmas time that God gave us the greatest gift that we could ever receive, the gift of eternal life in our Messiah, our Redeemer, Jesus. But he came in the simple wrapping. He came wrapped in flesh, and God tells us to then go into the world in the same way. To go into the world in the same way, not promising flash, not trying to impress people, but loving people, serving others, having this treasure in jars of clay, being real about our brokenness as we seek to love and serve others, as we seek to obey God because we're convinced that he loves us. As we step out in faith, we're living out not something that's fake or shiny or a great production, but it's a humble, humble faith in a God who is humble enough to serve us through Jesus. Several years ago, I was watching a talk show, uh, Charles Grodin. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's an actor that had a talk show for a little while. And it was actually at Christmas time. And I was struck because he said that it is immoral. It's immoral, he said. I think he was kind of trying to be silly. But he said it's immoral to give someone socks for Christmas, but wrap it in a Godiva chocolate box. Apparently that had happened to him, and he was really bitter about it, right? His point was, the wrapping shouldn't be better than what's inside. And what I want you to hear is that God has done just the opposite. He's given us the best gift. The wrapping's not that impressive, but the gift is eternal life. God wants us to follow suit. He wants us to give ourselves, not trying to impress people with what we have on the outside, with what we wear, with what we look like, but being servant leaders who sacrifice ourselves the same way that God sacrificed for us. So my prayer is that this Christmas time, you'd pause, you'd pray, you'd receive the gift of life we have in Jesus, and then you'd give that gift by giving yourself in love to those around you. Let me pray for us, and then we'll light the final candle. Father, we thank you that you love us and you gave us Jesus. We pray that you would teach us what it means to walk in humility, to serve others in love the way that you have served us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to light the final candle. And when we do that, we're going to dim the lights. uh, And then all of you should have a candle. Does everybody have candles? We all got candles, right? Um, Be careful. I want to just say, parents, help your kids, okay? I had a candle without the little paper wrapper, and it was burning me. Uh, So parents, be servant leaders. Catch the hot burning wax for your kids, okay? Okay. But be be very careful with it. We've got exits up here in case there's a problem. Exits back there. Um, But we're going to dim the lights. I'm going to light the Christ candle. And then we're going to work from the front back and sing Silent Night together in the darkness with just the candle lights. Um, Here we go. The light of Christ leads us to shine for others. Jesus, help us to share your love and truth with the world. So what we're going to do is you're going to pass the light to the people next to you. And then when you've filled your row, then you'll pass it to the person 
behind you. Be very careful, and you probably don't want to drip this on your clothes. together a silent night.
say a blessing over you, uh, and after I say the blessing over you, we're going to blow out the candles, because the candles aren't our real light, right? The light is the hope we have in Jesus within us, the hope we have in Jesus which presses us to love him and serve him and to serve others. Uh, so uh, after I say the blessing, be real careful and put your hands over it, otherwise you're going to blow wax into the people in front of you. Got it? Um, Let me bless you. Let your light shine before men so that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. God bless you.